0: So good man good man
1: all right ladies and gentlemen it's all good man the better better call Saul podcast my name is brian and with me via telecommunications device dave dave how you doing
0: pretty good pretty good i, I was mowing know- my lawn earlier mm-hmm. and uh it kept clogging up because it's like super humid and I don't cut my lawn very often. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so I had to flip the lawnmower over as a push mower. Mm-hmm. So I had to flip it over to check <laughs> out what was going on. <laughs> right, and I yeah. was just like, Brian would not approve of this. <laughs> no, man. The easiest, <laughs> way to,
1: easiest way to fix a lawnmower is you just stick your hand in the chute. <laughs> While it's
0: running. Yeah, don't well, stop
1: it. Well, one, you keep it running so you can properly diagnose, right? Because if mm-hmm. it's just stopped, you can't see what's happening, what's incorrect. Totally. And secondly, that's why that chute is there. It's so you have
0: easy access to stick your hand into if it stops working. Actually, this one doesn't have a chute. It's one of those self-mulching self mul- mulching, self, mulch- self mulching, lawnmowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't have a chute. It just spits it right back down to the ground, which is why it, get cl- it gets clogged up. <laughs> gotcha. All right. All right. Here we go. So today
1: we are talking about episode 404 of Better Call Saw titled what, Dave? Talk. It is talk. It is. You know, it's you know, what's funny. Is um, on my end it was showing talk VIP. Is that because we get the access? Is that what that is?
0: Yeah, okay. I believe that means VIP access to the episode titled Talk.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. So here, here we go. So the building uh, we're we're going to try to do express mode tonight. We've already had so many.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> well, many... we don't want it. we don't have to rush it too bad, but it may be a little late getting aired. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So uh, we open with. uh, apparently it turns out to be a young Mike building a sidewalk or at least one square of a sidewalk.
0: I wrote Mike is building a random cement square. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just uh, showing off, but there's a,
0: but there's a bunch of paver brick stacked up next to him. So I'm assuming this is like the centerpiece or cornerstone.
1: Yeah. It's probably some project. Right. Absolutely. And, um, uh, one thing I noticed, uh, young Mike, even though it was kind of faz- you know like backed out a little bit and out of focus, uh, young Mike had very dark black hair.
0: Mm. Yeah, as opposed to current Mike, who has no hair. Exactly, and white. Oh, that is, yes. <laughs> and, and white.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not even current Mike, like recent Mike, right? Recent Mike, <laughs> yeah. right?
0: Yeah, recent. Well, yeah, this is yeah, this is
1: like the not, not too long ago. Mike. Yeah, the not so distant, <laughs> not asked. so distant past Mike is bald with white hair, but. Long ago, Mike was a strapping young lad with thick black hair. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to point that out for everybody. Indeed. Yeah. So another another perfect opening where um, where at first he kind of didn't know where it was going. But, well, like the thing is, is as I was watching it unfold, I was remembering like, oh, um, I remember Mike talking about building like a sidewalk, right? Because then he built like part of the sidewalk for the church. Yes. Yes. And I was like, oh, whatever's going on. Uh, I wonder if there's going to be some sort of parallel there, but it really wasn't a parallel. It was the actual story (laughs) of Mike Mike building a sidewalk. (laughs) Right. Right. Complete with rebar. Very Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Good attention to detail. Yeah, absolutely. And then it goes back, uh, you know, to the scene that we end up seeing later. Uh, you know, you, you wanted to talk to me. So I talked people sitting in a room awkwardly, and then we get the opening credits. I don't really have, uh, really too many thoughts on that scene other than like yep he uh he built a cement square maddie wrote in it with a stick and uh we got the (laughs) opening scene i don't really have anything to say about that right like
0: it's other than i i thought he was telling that story to the group oh which we'll we'll find out that was actually playing in his head while he was about to address the group because i I like how they end in the same scene you know what the show you're right,
1: actually, because actually now I remember the first time I saw it because I've watched it twice. Once right before we recorded mm. this, and once like three days ago. When I watched it mm. the first time, I actually thought that there was something he kept out because I was like, "Well, what what's so sad about building a sidewalk? <laughs> you know what I mean?" And so it was a very good, right, right. It's a very good like uh, way to throw the audience off their game because yeah, you're. I was right with you. I, I the first time I remember thinking that like I I don't. Did I miss something? It was one of those things, like, maybe I looked away or (laughs) checked my phone or something and missed exactly, like, the subtle point that that scene was trying to make before it went to the therapy session. But no. No, just a setup. Yep. Okay. And we get the uh, cell phone opening, which is very prescient for this episode. Prescient. 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 Yeah, there you go. I feel like, you know, as I was taking notes, and now that I've watched this twice, like, I don't feel that this is one of the more meaty episodes. Like, a lot of times, a lot of stuff is packed into scenes. And um, Mm -hmm. unless I missed even more than I usually do, I feel like a lot of the scenes were were more, well, that's just kind of what what you get. Like, it's more of an answering, subtle questions type scenes. Like, they're very, like, in this episode, I feel like the scenes were very
0: more forward, right? Except for the monster gangster shootout. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was kind of a meaty scene
1: <laughs> yeah you know and again the second time i watched that i was like what the fuck is happening <laughs> so but we'll, we'll get there um so we open up at that very hotel it's like a, a hotel in downtown beirut or something where where is where is there a hotel is that just like in albuquerque like let's just hanging the
0: westward out westward ho you never heard of the westward ho i haven't <laughs> neither have i Neither have I. So anyway, yeah. Like I'm not even really sure. It, like I'm assuming that it's a hotel in Albuquerque. It, and I they, made a be, point yeah. to show all the big like, random people smoking crack in all the rooms, or like walking by lighting pipes up.
1: Yeah, it's obviously so, a, va- a vacant building, right? There's it's no like, the way- Dine,
0: like the Van Dyne, like the Van Dyne Motel of <laughs> Albuquerque,
1: <laughs> <laughs> except for more, except for except for less rundown. <laughs> but right, that obviously has to be just like an abandoned crack house there's no way that's a functioning business right
0: no yeah that's what i that's what i came to the conclusion eventually is that it's an abandoned hotel or motel mm-hmm. that uh, otherwise it would be called the westward hotel mm-hmm. and uh yeah was- they just they took it over and that's just where they hang out it was a cool establishing so- shot this kind of running mm-hmm. through like all the prostitution and heroin use and you know graffiti on the walls and stuff so that's I, what I- if there's one thing this show does well it's establishing shots. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, ve- it's very well established in the field of establishing shots. Yes. Uh, so here's some notes I wrote down. Um, first off, the peephole on the door, like the little window that he opens up, mm-hmm. that's uh, some shoddy craftsmanship. It's like they didn't even try to cut a good square. <laughs> it's, very, <laughs> it's very cartoony and wiggly. Um, secondly, uh, the whole scene, uh, especially at the door, for whatever re- uh, reason, remind me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit when Al- Eddie Valiant is trying to get into the Ink and Paint Club, and he <laughs> knocks on the door, and the gorilla opens up the the door to the speak or the window to the speakeasy, and the mm-hmm. password the password is Walt sent me, mm-hmm. and and then the like for some reason that's all I kept thinking about was Eddie Valiant trying to get into the Ink and Paint Club <laughs> in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> which, by the way, on a side note, if anybody out there it, uh, ever plays the classic Nintendo game, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? You get stuck if you can't get into the ink and paint club. And the password is Walt sent me, just like in the movie. Back in 1987 or whatever, when that came out, <laughs> I must have rented that game five times trying to figure that out because the instruction booklet was lost. But the password is Walt sent me, as in Walt Disney. Um, so, also, that's a pretty shitty doorman, right? <laughs> he, op- well, yeah. he opens the door, lets the person on the other side of the door walk in, follows them to the table. They already have drugs
0: and money out. And then he just casually walks back and pulls the door shut. He must. Yeah. I mean, obviously this is a, a previously established relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: right. Or I mean, just the amount of time, like even still, you would think he would
0: just open them in, shuffle them in and shut the door. Plus, well, he did the classic, like let him in. Then he walks out of the door glances around, and then shuts the door behind him. Mm-hmm. And plus, he did let a whole camera crew and people
1: filming inside. <laughs> Which, uh,
0: nah. That's not not quite if you want to be on the down low. That's not really the right path to go sometimes. Right.
1: But, I, I can't imagine that his manager would be happy with this performance, and I feel that's going to come up during his review. You're just taking <laughs> special
0: notice because this is your industry. <laughs> I was
1: like, oh, that bed is not made correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Fire the who, housekeeper. Who runs the preventative maintenance program at this hotel? <laughs>
0: That's ah. Mike's next stop. Yep. He could do it. He could do it. <laughs> as long as he has a clipboard, he's good to go. He's good to go, man.
1: Uh, so th- pretty much the scene in the nutshell is pretty much establishing that there's just this really kick-ass, awesome, underground, dilapidated hideout. And they do all sorts of uh, illicit activities there. hmm And um, who Frame Roger Rabbit? So... That-,
0: <laughs> that and they dropped off drugs and they were scoping the place out because they're, you know, they're casing the joint.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. They're right. uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. They're kind of getting a game plan together, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Which just goes completely out the window. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: So then we meet up with Jimmy, and he got a job at CC Mobile. Good for him.
0: And I noted that he was sleeping alone.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, well, Kim was already up and about it. She was already up and well, ready I, to go. I was
0: hoping she left because we were talking about that one scene and how we hoped it would continue, which, by the way, I believe every season picks up at the end of a previous scene, like when the season opens. Mm-hmm. So, but, so I don't know if they do episode to episode like we've been asking for, but I totally forgot. Like Every season starts like that. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So I'll stop asking for that. If you listen to preview of the prior some of you may or may not.
1: Mhm. Uh but but Saul's there and uh gets a call from uh the folks the fine folks at CC Mobile and he's offered a job as a shift supervisor mm-hmm. which which he again turns down. Of course. And of course. I almost thought like man, I hope
0: they don't do some other stupid caper. <laughs> right? No, I didn't I didn't go to that. I I thought maybe he just doesn't need the job cuz he's, you know, 4G richer. Five G nine right. if you count the the payout and the uh, th- the thievery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You know, and then we find out. Uh, you know, Kim meets him in the
1: in the bathroom as she's on his way out the door, and he's brushing his teeth, and she gives him the uh, gives him a phone number for a uh, a therapist, mm-hmm. and and he he's seems like like he's he's polite, and I guess he appreciates the gesture, but you can kind of see that he's like I, I I don't need this. I'm I'm completely right. cool. I'm I'm fine. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need a therapist but it comes out in that you know he kind of like yeah i got I got a job doing this and she kind of slightly humors him like oh that's that's great like mm-hmm. that's, you know like trying to be supportive but it's obviously a waste of his talents you know mm-hmm. or or not that that's an illegitimate job it's just you know he's a lawyer through and through on and, and the whole thing
0: or not the priority because i mean this goes back to the, the kim breaking down last episode mm-hmm. so obviously we've she broke down because she thinks he's got some real problems and right. maybe she thinks he should fix those problems before he goes off and gets some shitty job. <laughs> right. Cause that'll just build up the stress and then he'll end up exploding later. Yeah.
1: Right, right, right. And it, and it was good to hear him actually say what, what he was doing. You know, he's just trying mm-hmm. to get some sort of somewhat gainful employment until, uh, until 10 months from now when he could be
0: a lawyer again. Right. But he, at first, I thought he was just blowing her off like he was going to go do some other cap- Then I thought maybe he's going to do another caper mm-hmm. when he's like, oh, I got a job, but he didn't at the yep. time. You know? Yeah. But then he calls him up and says, hey, you guys still hiring? I'm back in. Yeah. Uh, once again,
1: what was his plan if they went with candidate B? <laughs> I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter in that circumstance. <laughs> I guess he would have had to go to another another job. But, um, right. A lot of what? What was the plan? Like, there's a lot of fifty-fifty, fifty-fifty. <laughs> I don't feel like they've done that so much in the past. Like, maybe, maybe I just wasn't like mm. on this kick of finding out. Like, what was your plan if that didn't go through? But I just feel like people hanging on the doctor's office. What what possible plan did you have to explain that? You know what I mean. Nacho, I think that's
0: just your nature this season, Brian. I,
1: I guess Nacho gets shot in the stomach. Okay, what was your plan if he did die? And it right
0: like like right. Got,
1: you know Jimmy Jimmy gets uh Jimmy gets by all accounts a dream job and when he turns it down. What would he <laughs> What would he have done if they would have went with candidate B? Right. But you hmm. know what? We don't have to worry about that.
0: Well, it's already been written, so. Yeah. Our, you know. <laughs>
1: right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. If
0: there ever was destiny and lack of free will, it's within a TV show.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, this next scene I, I was a little bit confused about when Kim went to the courthouse.
0: Mm-hmm. Because we, we hadn't been there in a while. Well, I was thinking back to when she left Davison Davison, Maine. Mm-hmm. When she left the Green Table. Mesa Verde. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we got to stop by the courthouse, and then her assistants like, I don't know, you had something lined up for today, and she's like, I don't. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously related to that. So she's been doing this, right, um, on a semi-regular basis. I don't. See, so I don't know if the judge was right or not. Right. When he's like uh, rediscovering your love for the law. Mm-hmm. Is she? I don't think she's doing that, but maybe she is. maybe (laughs) maybe she's purely killing time to get away from jimmy
1: yeah i don't know i I thought that was kind of odd too
0: right like like man i don't know yeah that's a hard one or maybe that mesa verde is such an overwhelming situation Mm -hmm. she just wants to go see like how the little people do it yeah, like you know, kind of taking the easy way out because then he's like, "I got a bunch of PD work, you know. I may put you to work if you keep hanging out. Maybe that's kind of like mm. her last, like, maybe I do want PD work, or maybe I do want this massive undertaking."
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think the overall sentiment that they're going for is that she's just kind of lost right now, right? Like she doesn't, yeah, really, she doesn't kind of really know what to do with herself. She's no longer a part of H H M. Jimmy's being all fucked up and weird, you know, like the banking mm-hmm. thing. Well maybe awesome financially is a huge, huge strain on her. Plus she's mm-hmm. recovering from a car accident, you know, and this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, chip kind from anchor man is trying to expand the green table. So, <laughs> you know, which, which is a pretty, which is a pretty, you know, in her mind, obviously not the best ideas for an anchor man of his caliber. So she's, you she's, She's probably just a little despondent and <laughs> not really sure <laughs> what, what to do with herself. You know what I mean? Which is fine. Everybody
0: comes to those crossroads now and again. So, so when, when uh, Judge Munsinger, which, by the way, I totally spelled correctly without looking it up. Nice. Well done. Two um, points. When he summons Kim to his chambers mm-hmm. and he tells her the plot of the verdict, mm-hmm. did you know that that was a movie or that specific book or movie? No, I did not. I was like, oh, this is a pretty interesting case. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Uh, but for some reason, I wrote
1: on there, he should have went with the the plot of Devil's Advocate. <laughs> and I think that's only because <laughs> that's the only other law-based movie that I think I might have seen. <laughs> uh, like,
0: oh, you got to get you some time to kill, man. All right, Kim. Kim,
1: I got a case for you. Are you ready for it? Okay, so... <laughs> The devil.
0: <laughs> so you're the best lawyer in town. Yeah, like, but it's like a
1: small town, right? And like, and then like the devil summons you to New York just so he can have sex with your wife and your neighbor. Okay. You got this. But then you have to have sex with your brother.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's
1: that? Does that sound great? <laughs> or whatever he said
0: there. By the way, your wife's going to lose her shit too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but hey, Keanu. Right, huh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I had no idea that was a I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i I had no idea where he was going, but that really just kind of seemed like a really roundabout way to illustrate the fact that you know not everything is all roses all the time, not everything is as romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I right. like to think that the writers just really liked that movie and still had about five minutes to fill.
0: <laughs> probably, so, it, it was probably a way to work in a shout out to, you know, mm-hmm. we do that in our music sometimes.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean the point, <laughs> the point's valid. I mean, you know, the, the point is completely valid. Don't go searching for this thing that you think that you probably can't attain because it, right. it, it doesn't work like that. You know, like, you know, it's like people, um, like, in my line of business, they're like, hotel manager, you'd be amazed how many people think it's, like, this big romantic, oh, like, oh, like, you run hotels and you get to meet all these people? It's like, yeah. yeah you're, just, I, you're just hobnobbing with celebrities. Right, and Everybody yeah. VIP access to your five-star restaurants. Right, but I'm also unclogging toilets in a suit <laughs> because the maintenance <laughs> guy's on lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> so... So, yeah, so I mean, it's kind of a a funny way to make a point, but uh it, and he doesn't seem like he had any real um real warmth for k it just seemed like he was just more or less familiar with her and her work he he wasn't very it it didn't seem like they had like like a rapport oh uh, yeah or like a more intimate relationship other than the fact yeah. that she's a lawyer that made a set in front of him a few times and he's a judge who may have presided over her case a few times right? well he
0: thought she was still with h h m yeah, so he yeah he had no idea of her current mm. situation. I I might have missed that that small detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what what was her affinity for him? I I guess it's just somebody I she don't was think it was, I don't know if it was an affinity or if that was just the kind of cases she wanted to see. Or the or maybe know. that was just the courtroom she walked into that day. Yeah, well, because she asked Marty for the schedule, mm-hmm. and he you know he gave her the rundown, and she chose which one. You know she knew what yeah. she was going to go sit in on. Yeah. So she wanted to watch Scotty Blakely represent himself, apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to squeeze all my notes in before we move on. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You know what they say? What's that? A man who represents himself as a fool for a client. Indeed.
1: I thought that too. But I'll go on record. Once upon a time, I actually had to go to court and I represented myself and I won. Just out of sheer stubbornness, but I won. (laughs) <laughs> so it was awesome. sometimes, sometimes that's lawyering. And mm-hmm. yeah, long story short, in case anybody's curious, my roommate didn't pay his bills. They took me to court to try to settle, to get me to pay half of his bills. And I blatantly told them that I would go sit in the county jail before I ever paid him one dime. There you go. And so what happened was the judge asked me if I had receipts and I said, yes. And then they tried to make some other sort of like agreement where they're like, okay, well, instead of like half, why don't you pay like a quarter? of the back rent and then he could pay 75%. I was like, no, not doing it. Nope. <laughs> and, and then the judge at that point was pretty much just like, ah, okay. How about you just pay your bills that you owe? And that was the end of it. <laughs> just, my, it lasted all of 20 minutes, but I swear to God, my whole defense was like, nope, just not going to pay. <laughs> I'm like, just not going to do it. <laughs> I might've even said, i like to think that I said, even if ordered to, I won't pay it. But, but I think even the judge knew that it was bullshit. Anyway, uh, my last note is that, um, uh, PD overload, good band name, PD overload, PD mm. overload, good band name. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I, I feel like, okay, just hear me out real quick. Cause this has a lot to do with better call Saul. <laughs> no, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally not going off in a dumb direction, but like, I feel like band names sometimes if they have initials, they're more mysterious in rock and roll than, than puns. I'm just putting it out there. True. True. Yeah, uh, like NWA, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? KMFDM. Right? Yeah, way more rock and roll than like the Steve Miller Band or like UB40. Yeah, UB40. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Z <Yeah>. Z <laughs> Z-Z Top. ZZ Z Top in uh, Canada. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. ACDC,
0: hmm mm-hmm, okay, yeah,
1: see, all, all rock and roll, all rock and roll, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: the WHO.
1: <laughs> 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 I actually had to think about that for a second. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, <great. laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, we we see Mike meeting Anita for dinner. That's nice. Good to see Mike getting a, you know, having some companionship and. Doing something other than sitting in his dank ass shack or the place where he works. Because <laughs> <laughs> his house is dark as shit too.
0: Apparently, whenever he makes concrete, Anita shows up that mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about parallelisms. There you that's, go. That's the tell.
1: That's the tell.
0: Yep. I like you see her. Mike though. working concrete. You see Anita. Yeah, totally. I and, like
1: and I like their back and forth. She definitely yeah. does a good job of like softening his his gruff exterior.
0: Totally. And when, and when this is like already the second scene with Mike, I was like, yay, we're getting the Mike heavy episode that we asked for in preview with a prior. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. and Um, it, it, so they're, they're talking about this weird grief meeting that they go to this, uh, mm-hmm. group therapy, right? I guess it would be. Griripy Gr- as I call it. Griripy <laughs> as it were, as it were. Um, also real quick side note. Uh, she apparently works for the Oak Oakbrook Brook Marine bank. Oh, just putting that out there. That's what her name tag said. Anyway, she mentions that she wants to hang out with this guy named Henry, who Mike says pretty much. Well, the guy's full of shit, and he's just mm-hmm. there to
0: for be- attention. Yeah, he's like a he's like a succubus, just like fueling himself off of like the pity of others. He wants everybody to feel sorry mm-hmm. for him. Right, kind of like your old roommate that, <laughs> that pay his bills. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very much had the same character trait there. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: I, I sometimes wonder. Wait, so here, here's true story number two about that guy. I don't know why we're on this again, but true story number two about this guy is uh, he flipped out, got into a fight with his girlfriend. The neighbors upstairs called the cops. So when the police tried to calm him down, he, uh, in a panic, flung open the door of his car and started reaching behind the back seat, which made the which made the police pull their guns out. <laughs> and wow. I. And I tackled him in his car thinking he was do- going to get shot or something. And I still, to this day, don't know what he did. But I think I pretty much saved him from turning around and getting shot by the police. Wow. is that crazy? Yeah. What a psycho fucking dude. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: anyway, I, Henry's full of shit.
1: Yeah. So uh, one thing I do like is uh, how he was talking about um, the dates didn't match up because the night game at Wrigley Field. Which is? 888, which is the first night game at Wrigley field.
0: Oh yeah. I just like the fact that they name dropped Wrigley field. Yeah. I, I, I thought of you. I was like, Oh, Dave's got to like that. Yeah. Cubs fan.
1: Bob Thank Odenkirk. is a, he a Cubs fan too. He's from Cicero. Which he's is not from too Cicero. far away from where I'm sitting right now. Um, but mm-hmm. also once again, I had tickets to that game cause it was my golden birthday. That's what I was trying to lead you up to. Yeah. And if so I, I kept remember, saying, which is, yeah, if I remember correctly, it got rained out.
0: Yeah, they were just talking about it since the anniversary just passed yeah. cuz this would be 30. Mm-hmm. 30th anniversary of Lights at Wrigley and yeah, it got rained out. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just saying I I'm now part of
1: a better call Saul lore which makes me a part of Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Transitive property. Uh so great. So I I guess long story short uh without all the like meandering and stuff like that. I I don't know. I just kind of really like the scene when when hard ass Mike is in is the few and far between scenes with anita i think it's a good pairing i it, like the it, i like the way that they play off of each it other it
0: humanizes him a little bit it does it humanizes him yes
1: it does you know and um she wants him to go to her friend's band which is cool we mm-hmm. we've all been there yeah we've all turned we've all turned that date down <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> you know uh, i she must not take much convincing to do anything right because she wants to go to her friend's van band She, her friend's band. She wants to go to her friend's band. She invites Mike. Mike says he has to go to the group therapy session, but he'll meet her there afterwards. But then she ends up going to the group therapy session to see if this guy lies about being at Wrigley Field at night. Right. So like when it goes back to group therapy, she's not at band waiting for Mike to show up. She's sitting Mm -hmm. not too far away from Mike in the group therapy session.
0: Yeah, because he made it interesting with a bet. He's like, "You want to make a bet?" And now she's she's curious. She knows what she's getting with the band. Everybody knows what shitty local music sounds like. (laughs) I'm just saying. So this is way more intriguing to see if Henry's going to pull out some bullshit and rub his wrist for a while.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. um, Mm -hmm. Easily swayable. I'm gonna. I'd I'd probably.
0: I'd try to win ten dollars off you before I saw your local band play. (laughs) Jokes on you! You're in in my local band. Damn it. <laughs> Even I wouldn't pay the cover. <laughs>
1: right. Which, <When>, by the <laughs> way, once again, if anybody wants to come see us play music October 13th and you're in the Joliet, Illinois area, anybody from our podcast that shows up, I will give you free cover. That's a deal. <laughs> um, next scene as we're moving on is uh, Jimmy's uh, first day at work. And uh, I could totally sympathize with the being so bored that you bounce a ball (laughs) off the wall and just kind of stand there. And you could kind of really see how restless Jimmy is because he wants to be doing shit all the time. And he can't because Mm -hmm. he happened to be hired as the shift manager of the the slowest cell phone store that apparently only has one or two weeks a year (laughs) that they actually get customers. Right. Wasn't it post like when
0: you're when your boss tells you, bring a book Mm -hmm. inventory week. That's what right. he said. It is. Oh yeah, because he said yeah. he just had. He's like, oh, it's busy during inventory week. Yeah, when's that? Well, oh, it just happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be a long <laughs> yeah. fifty some weeks. Yeah, fifty but, um, weeks to go. <laughs> I I do like the uh, I do like the focus on the cell phones though, because mm-hmm. not only does it go back to the opening intro, but you know, Breaking Bad it was always a big deal when Saul would open the drawer and he'd shuffle through the his mm-hmm. his drawer full. That's probably where phone. he got half his burners. He just lifted them from the store that he worked at. Exactly. Exactly. That's my my exact thoughts, even though they're probably the most obvious thoughts to everybody. Um it, but so that then I started thinking, Okay, so they they totally are slow walking the whole Hey, I'm Saul Goodman thing, right? But mm-hmm. but now that we're four seasons into this, they're totally at the point where they're just explaining stuff that probably didn't need that interesting of an explanation. <laughs> it's like, okay, in Breaking Bad, Saul has a lot of phones, right? Like, you
0: couldn't just go anywhere. No, I was going to actually, I was going to get to this the next time we come back to the uh, cell phone store. Okay. But I okay. can get to it now if you want.
1: No, let's just move on and you can bring you can bring it back up yeah but my my only other thought on that is uh Jimmy's living the dream right he's yeah. ma- if if, he, if he's making money if he's not if mm-hmm. he's not completely commissioned right? right he's making money to do nothing until he can be a lawyer again in 10 months write mm-hmm. it out <laughs> Just study you sh- yeah. use your free
0: time to study that law son yeah right I mean write it out <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what I would do. Um, maybe, maybe grieve over your dead brother, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean that's just me. <laughs>
0: just, <laughs> just me. That's what like normal people would do. But yeah. Yep.
1: Moving on, we see Team Gus scoping out the uh, <laughs> the 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 Ink and Paint Club with the Murder Twins. <laughs> <laughs> Westward Ho! <laughs> that's what I call your mom. <laughs> uh, uh, so. Uh, it's so great. I love how you just hear Nacho trying to put together some sort of feasible plan about how they could possibly overrun this fucking place. And the the murder twins are just like, we got this fam.
0: <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> well, I put, I put, uh, need numbers, Domingo and Javier and their crews. Twins are like, nah, and go wreck shop.
1: <laughs> it's like, and a then really-
0: Nacho's like, dude, I just got shot like yesterday.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it's really like a really slow uh, Leroy Jenkins. Are you familiar with Leroy Jenkins?
0: <laughs> Except this time Leroy is outnumbering the reasonable people. Yeah, well, there's still now it's two to one. No, I'm saying it's two to one. It's the two twins against Nacho. Oh, yeah. Leroy Jenkins was one guy out of a whole clan. Right. They're, yeah. They're, while they're all making their plans.
1: Yeah. Well, I like <laughs> to think the murder twins—one is Leroy and the other is Jenkins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Because it's like the same
1: setup. But, right. They're looking. They're scoping the situation. You have the one guy they, running, running down the strategy and the chances of survival, and then uh, you have, uh, you know, uh, the take action party. Just like, cool, <laughs> got this, and then they just go for it. <laughs>
0: But they didn't quite I mean Leroy Jenkins ran in screaming. Yeah and opening they they came in pretty stealthily. I mean they got through like four or five people before they were even noticed.
1: That's the most impressive thing about that. So you kinda of brought that up early in the episode where I I love the way that they framed it. It was like a cartoon. You mm. know like in a cartoon, like the, the character will somehow roll up his skin on his arm or something. Like he's rolling up a shirt, walk off screen. And you just see all like the puffs of smoke and like weird, like skulls and crossbones and stuff come from off screen. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what this, this, (laughs) this scene was. It was just a (laughs) hotel, a bunch of gunshots. And and then out of nowhere, a
0: random explosion. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Boof. (laughs) Is that, Oh, maybe is that what killed the other guy at the truck? Because I had, I, when Nacho comes up and flanks the guys, the truck, he shoots the one guy, right? Mm-hmm. But there's two guys at the truck and they just see the other guy on the ground and they never show how he went to the ground. Yeah, I, I guess maybe it was implied, but there there was like a hell of a body count there.
1: And it's pretty uh So my notes on that, um yeah. so Nacho comes in. First off, I didn't know if he was gonna try to like, because he kind of came late to the party, right? The murder twins were mm-hmm. already The Murder Twins were already wrecking shop when he came in. And he kinda came in late to the party for obvious reasons, but I thought for a minute there they were going to do the whole thing where he tries to take a shot at the murder twins. Oh. You know, because he's stuck in a bad situation, yeah. right? Like, he's he's kind of a... the Salamancas. Kind of, he's, yeah, I mean, he's part <laughs> of the Salamancas, but obviously he's owned by Gus now. So it really, and knowing how deadly those guys are, uh, it it might
0: have done him some good just to shoot the twins <laughs> and claim well, that they hey, died I as part of the... I don't know, because I'm almost thinking that maybe he needs the twins on his side because, you know, Gus and Salamancas are enemies. Right. So you want to have as many allies as possible against your enemy.
1: Right. So So he's still
0: playing the whole Salamanca thing and still acting the part mm -hmm. because he may need to get out. He may need their services. Yeah. Okay. Which um, we we know it won't happen. Yeah. But to suspend the knowledge you already have.
1: was, uh, Was that the first time Nacho killed somebody? Do you recall him killing mm. anybody? I remember him being a badass and making the threats too, but is that the first time he killed somebody? I'm going to feel like an idiot for not knowing, but I don't know, what? so I'm an idiot. Yeah, so maybe maybe if somebody out there has um, uh, some Hector. insight on that. I, I sat there and really thought about Well, he tried. He tried to kill Hector. He did not do it. Yeah, that's attempted murder. That's true. Right? So because what happened is after he snuck up on the guy and shot him, it did like the screen in with this weird face look on his face as if that was the first time he had taken a life. Like the gravity of the situation really hit him mm. at that moment. And I rewind that twice trying to figure out, you know, like I kept skipping back a few times and I'm like, what? Like, is that the first time that that's what stuck me? I'm like, why does he look like that? Like, it looks mm. like, it looks like he, that yeah. was when he realized I it pain. It, it, it could have been my interpretation of it was that's the first time that he literally killed somebody in the name of all this craziness. Mm. And the reality of the situation just kind of sunk in at that moment. You because know, he was still—that's probably what happened. He was still kind of, um, well, one, he's in pain, but he—he he was still kind of focused on that when the other murder twin gave him cover. You know, and like the shells are raining down on his head and such. It, it just seemed like, long story short, it just seemed like it was the first time he killed somebody.
0: Two to points me. for you, because I didn't. I I I I agree. I right. think it now, is, and I think you're right, and I'm going to give you two points for that because I didn't mm. put that together. Yeah, that's okay. So
1: then my second thing is uh, I kind of believe that Mike and both of the murder twins have to be Terminators sent from the future because they walk into every situation (laughs) like their plans always work flawlessly. They Mm -hmm. seem to have little concept of actual danger, (laughs) even (laughs) though they're in a lot of danger. And relatively speaking, they come out pretty unscathed. Every time we see him take action. No, he's just a badass. Yeah. With a heart of gold. (laughs) With a heart of gold. (laughs) Then the scene kind of moves along a bit and we see Nacho in a ghost house or some shit with like the sheets like flowing (laughs) in the wind. Mm -hmm. Right. And once again, Nacho's just hanging out, sitting in the dark. (laughs) That (laughs) dude just likes sitting in the fucking dark. Pretty much. Right, and then Gus comes in, and I think the the whole deal was is Gus was checking on the progress of this little battle that they had today, and Nacho was basically calling Gus out for kind of starting to claim his own territory, even though even though Gus has his
0: own handlers. Is that what happened? Well, no, he's uh, they cleared. They set this whole thing up to clear out one gang. Mm-hmm. so that way they can take over, um, and the cartel will, will give it to Gus because he's not going to give it to uh, Bolsa. Okay. Right? Or he's not going to give it, yeah. Or yeah. Or going to give it to the. I I think in a roundabout way, we're
1: saying the same thing. Basically, Nacho, Nacho kind of saw it, though, as this, it wasn't business as usual. It was a power grab. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So we're we're in a way saying the same thing. I just might not have been so uh, concise and eloquent, but um,
0: I was not concise and eloquent at all. So well, then neither of us were. But either way, it was a fucking power move. <laughs> they 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 created a power vacuum, knowing that the cartel was going to fill that vacuum with mm-hmm. Gus. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. cool. I, I mean. Also. Also, during the shootout, though, did you notice the Full Metal Jacket type music? I, No. For some reason, I was just thinking about that, that last scene in Full Metal Jacket, because it's like the wasteland, and uh-huh. kind of creeping up, you oh. know, there's like a standoff going on, and that music. Yeah. So I was wondering if that was like an allusion to that, because uh, it's a really good movie and led to me being called it's Private a- Pile all through high school. Yeah, well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's no The Verdict. I'll tell you that much right now, it's no The Verdict. mm
0: But Um, better than the client.
1: (laughs) Right, but it's no devil's advocate, for sure. Or who framed Roger Rabbit. (laughs) Lots of movie symbolism here.
0: All right. try to keep up. Yeah, moving quick. Trying to keep up.
1: All right. So, uh, moving on to the next scene, we see Mike in group therapy with his daughter-in-law, Stacy. And uh, this was actually what I was waiting for the most out of the entire show, was just to see Mike call this guy out, even Mm -hmm. though... but I still hadn't put it together yet that that was the ending of the opening scene. You know, I thought maybe it was like two separate days.
0: No, not until he said the same line is when I put it
1: together. Exactly. And I was, I was waiting for it and I I guess I didn't know really what to expect, but, uh, kind of took them a while to get
0: there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, they, they built it up to the point where I even wrote it down. I was like, Mike's upset. mm -hmm. Oh, he's going to snap on Henry. Yep. (laughs) I mean, I, I wrote it as it was happening. Like, here it comes. So they got me on the buildup for sure. That's right. pretty nice. Well done. Right. Well My, done. Uh, better than
1: calling him out, though. Better than calling Henry out. I like how Mike uses it as an opportunity to call the entire group
0: out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's if, if there's one thing that Mike and Chuck have in common, it's the quest for truth mm-hmm. in all situations mm-hmm. from everybody. Yeah. Do right. not fade me. Because I am unfatable, <laughs> as they say, as, as as the kids say in nineteen ninety. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. I'm the one raising the sheep. <laughs> okay, all right, but
1: <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so bad. Because it so stupid. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> but I could totally sympathize sympathize with that too. Like, because I I'm totally of that kind of personality. Like, I understand people gotta grieve. You know, I get that. I totally understand that. And I understand also, you know, there's a time for sadness and a time for grief. And I understand that, you know, people handle situations differently. And a lot of times people are going through some very complex and deep and heavy emotions. Mm -hmm. But I'm also the kind of guy (laughs) that believes that there comes a point where it's like, you know what? Get the fuck past it. Let's keep moving (laughs) on. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, uh, I, I guess that's kind of what Mike's character is supposed to be. I guess that was his whole point is, you know, you guys meet here every week. I mean, shit, Maddie's been gone at this point for a long ass time, but you know, sometimes you have to
0: confront it. <laughs> like why? Well, was, like, was he, was he getting upset about Stacy freaking out about not thinking about Maddie all the time? Cause I thought that at first, you know, when she's like, I don't, I didn't think about him and I'm freaking out about it. And he's like, bitch, I still think about him every second of every day. Like, yeah, I I you know.
1: I, I kind of took it as is like, it, he's he's of the mind it doesn't help to keep rehashing. So I think he feels that every week these people meeting to keep rehashing their sorrow doesn't actually help them get past their sorrow. All that helps them do is figure out new ways to express their sorrow. You know what I mean? Well, maybe he needs to have that chat with his daughter-in-law. That's exactly the point. You know what I mean? Like, and so mm-hmm. I think he just kind of since the one guy. He called out, you know, like his wife wasn't dead and he probably wasn't even married or whatever. And that guy like stormed out of the room, like a child who was caught stealing something, you know, like, <laughs> I think, I think that was just kind of his point to everybody. He was like, yeah, you know, in his mind, he's like, okay, yeah, I'm the dick. I get that. Like, I'm the asshole in this situation, but seriously, like y- you motherfuckers got to buck up just a little so, bit.
0: So how about this? Could it be like, do you watch the office? Yes. When Michael upsets Holly on her return and he sits Kevin down and apologizes to Kevin, but he's really apologizing to Holly. Could it be like that? Like he snaps on the whole group, but he wants the message to get through to Stacy. Right.
1: Yeah, totally. It's like when yeah. you speak, like like speaking in a room with the person that like you probably wouldn't have a one-on-one with them, but you kind of really want to say something. Yeah, totally like that. Like I mm-hmm. think I that's what I got out of it. And maybe it's because I'm of of that mindset, because I I would say, I would like to think that I'm a pretty good friend of people, you know, and I'll be a shoulder to cry and I'll do, I'll do what I can for anybody. But like, there'll also come a point where like, (laughs) you know, like I, I, I've had family members, you know, pass away somehow. And I've had to be the person to like bear the news to other family members, just because for whatever people like and trust that on me, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, I, I don't need to go into it, but there's a very specific example from not too long ago where people were still just, you know, like, despondent about it and i i like look around and i'm uh, the only one in the room that's sitting there just wallowing in this still and i just remember like looking at my you know my mom let's say and be like yo i think we just need to come to grips with this (laughs) you know like i Mm -hmm. think it's time like this sucks but i think it's time you come to grips with this and like get moving you know what i Mm -hmm. mean like and i i think that's kind of like like Mike's thing. It's like, yeah, that sucked. It, it's not coming back, you know, like come to grips with it. And like, maybe you can find a better way to deal with it
0: than just rehashing the sorrow that you have in your heart every goddamn week. Right. So, to add another movie reference, sometimes you got to get a little Andy Dufresne.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Just get right. busy living, man.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I See mean, you and, in San it, nail. and especially, and especially. <laughs> Especially nowadays, because the way that I feel everybody acts nowadays. But like seriously, like you know, there's some good there's some good wisdom in the old ways of thinking sometimes. Where it's just kind of like, you know, buck up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, like just be a little bit tougher. Like you know, it sucks, but you're not the first or the last person this has ever happened to. Like right, you know, get going, man. You got you got your whole life ahead of
0: you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not a you're not a character in a TV show. <laughs> oh
1: wait, <laughs> right, right, right,
0: right. <laughs> uh, also what I really like
1: though like during his whole you know everybody's wallowing in their own misery uh I I loved the reaction uh that Anita was giving Mike. She was kind of befuddled and dumbfounded wasn't she? Right, it was like she was really taken aback cuz I think she kind of uh well think first I think she was kind of surprised that Mike Called out G- Henry. You're right because, like, it wasn't part of the deal. wasn't like hey, you want to come watch me call yeah. this asshole out. It was right. like, hey, I'll bet you whatever that he does this, and then he does it, and Mike calls him out, and I think that was a little shocking for her because if you watch the character, she kind of raises up, but then when mm-hmm. he tells everybody, you know, you guys, yeah, you know, and he knew you get, I, I forget his exact words, but when he's like, and he knew, I knew, you, he knew you guys wouldn't notice because you guys are all pretty much just keep wallowing in each other's misery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like that's when she was
0: like. Like, the reaction of that actress was, was great. Kind of like Howard being so focused on his own misery, he doesn't realize what he's doing to the people around him.
1: I said that's 100% correct.
0: Yes. Parallels.
1: Parallels. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, I kind of called this next scene a little bit where I said I'd like to see how Nacho's dad has, to, you know, yeah. if he has to take care of Nacho. I had no idea that was
0: coming, but I was, F- I, I was in the ballpark. Fuck the points. You won the episode right here. You, you wanted to see Nacho all beat up and like bruised and mm-hmm. you got put in a very bad situation for somebody that's still beat up and bruised. Right. So you didn't skip ahead to Nacho healing and right. you got to see how his dad would react when shit got real.
1: Yeah. You know, and it was funny because when I watched that, the, the shootout and stuff earlier in the episode, I was like, huh? And I was like, well, his dad's going to hate this. Well, <laughs> at, at, at first I saw him out and about, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh my God, they're totally doing the thing where he's okay." And then he can barely get out of the car. He's forcing the situation. He even has to cock the gun between mm-hmm. his legs. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm like okay, I can live with that. That's cool." But then as uh, as soon as I saw his dad <laughs> yelling into is the that, house, is that, I was that the like, first
0: time Nacho's between his legs? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so when we saw Manuel, I believe his name is, Manuel enter in his house and it was dark, I'm like, that motherfucker is sitting in the dark again. <laughs> like, he's sitting in the yep. dark again. He's but just then, hanging out in the shadows. He's a vampire, dude. But but then I was super happy that um, that they might explore that a little bit because now it's like his, it was kind of well put together, right? Because mm-hmm. like, he didn't rest or whatever, like the vet said. he He went back into action. So now he's probably even worse off <laughs> now mm-hmm. than he was. He was prior and he's exhausted and beat up and he's he basically just asks his dad like you know can i just sleep like can i just chill (laughs) for for a second you know (laughs) he's like a little boy coming back home so i i hope i hope they keep exploring that because that that was what i kind of wanted to see and i i think that'd be such a cool
0: angle for for at least an an episode did i ever tell you about the time when i moved back home from college (laughs) and you were shot no, but I just sat in the kitchen with the lights off. Did you really? No. Oh, <laughs> freak my parents out. <laughs> but no, I didn't just sit in the dark. I would never do that. I, w- I have never in my life, unless I was trying to scare somebody. <laughs> right. Just like sat in the dark and waited. At least flip a light on, dude. Yeah, Nacho seems to like really enjoy that. <laughs> he and seems he, to really and he that. trusts people they trust that people don't shoot home intruders. Apparently, right.
1: That's the best <laughs> part about it. Is
0: like he, he automatically again.
1: What's your game plan? I was just really- I was gonna throw that at, <laughs> at you. Like, what would his game plan be? <laughs> like, I get I get dramatics, but this this is like the fourth or fifth time this season already where he's just randomly sitting in the dark. The motherfucker is Batman. There's he's no Batman. Other, yeah, he's Batman. No other dude. explanation.
0: Maybe <laughs> the next time he'll be hanging upside down. <laughs> then good he'd for be your back, man. then he'd be literal Batman
1: <laughs> but anyway, good he'd to be see man that. bat, he would be man, man bat man bat, Yeah, Good to see that angle coming through though
0: hmm um, then his dad gives in,
1: yeah. next scene Mike's it, it, I guess it's just showing how thorough Mike is, but it gets him a phone call from Gus. Was he waiting for that phone call and passing time as an excuse to be there, or do you think the higher ups got sick of him harassing <laughs> the employees and called Gus? Because I guess Gus had business with him before, but maybe that no, was Mike's that way of was, getting Mike's uh, Mike's way of getting Gus's attention.
0: No, that was Gus tracking down Mike and saying, "I need to talk to you." Okay, uh, I don't think it had anything to do with with the with the legitimate side of the business. I guess I was. Just I just want to know how the hell how did Gus know Mike was at that location at that time? That well exactly that's what I'm saying. Like. Well, he has a badge now, so he scanned in so Gus could just check the database and be like, who's on the clock at, you know, where's Mm -hmm. badge number XXX? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, right? Because I'm sure he's such a dick that. Well, it wasn't even Gus that called. So it was probably that he just called one of the bosses or whatever and said, hey, track this guy down or one of his lackeys. He called one of his lackeys and said, bring Mike to me. Right. Yeah. One of the
1: intermediaries. But my point is, is like Mike going to work. It was that his way of getting Gus's attention. No, I think Mike's just going to work. Okay, cool. Mike's going to work, and it just kind of worked out for the better. Sweet.
0: Point, pointing, pointing out all the things that are wrong in the box truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's what convinced me. He's just just like the first scene. You know, He's just pointing stuff out and saying, stop being lazy. Yep. Stop okay. cutting corners. Your safety depends on it. I am the safety liaison for this company.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Check the badge. And then I wrote in parentheses... I put he wants to see you tonight. parentheses, hand banana. <laughs> that was very hand banana. Just like tonight. Dude. You. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a little tropey. Little tropey.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh then we come Mike, uh or Jimmy. Sorry. One, two, three. Next up, Jimmy meets Ira, uh, who apparently stocks vending machines for Shasta. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could get Shasta in a vending machine. You
0: could in 2006 in Albuquerque. Nice. Okay, cool. A- and And at the one bedding cage near our hometown. Ah, okay. Not in our hometown, because we didn't have one in our hometown, but the one nearest our hometown. Nearest.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: You can get some straight-up with lemon-lime.
1: Mm-hmm. The, um, so this is where Jimmy kind of gets the idea to use burner phones and all that, and everything comes full circle with the whole cell phone shop and stuff. But more interesting to me is this was the scene I noticed that in this episode in particular, there was an awful lot of uh, cinematography through windows. Mm. Mm. Like, every scene has shots through windows. When he's talking to Ira, it's through, like, oh, you wow. can see, like, the frame of the windows, right? There's so many circumstances where uh, scenes were shot through windows of this episode.
0: It's almost or- like Jimmy's through the looking glass at this point.
1: Maybe, or it might just be the director's signature shot, or something. Yeah, but but or
0: I mean, he does he does go and paint the windows after that, so more windows. Right. He paints the windows. Well, windows uh, are the eyes to the face. True, true, and I think I think there was
1: like in the courthouse or Kim. There, I I had a list, but I thought I wrote it down, but apparently I didn't. But there's like three or four scenes that have shots hmm.
0: through a window,
1: like where the camera's behind the window and the, the frame
0: outside the, the all, all the shots outside the westward hoe were shot through the car windows. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. and then and then the murder twins shot bullets through the car windows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, interesting and very. That's a good catch. That's another point for you.
1: Thank you, thank you. I'm kicking ass on this podcast.
0: Uh, one thing I noticed was when I, at first I wrote Brian Posehn was stalking Shasta, <laughs> 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 So I realized it was Ira, like right away. Um, so Ira Brian? sold Ira sold the Hummel doll, right? He got more than they thought they were going to get, mm-hmm. and he he treated Jimmy fairly and gave him the proper share, didn't scam yeah. him, right? Honor so among when, thieves. So then Jimmy says, I'm going to have a job for you in the future, and that's how he comes back in Breaking Bad. This is more exposition to explain how things happen mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad. Yeah, awesome. Total. Good catch. Good catch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Brian Post saying that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then
0: I guess uh, lastly. Nope. I have more. No, okay, go. Oh, because this also will lead to when I said that uh, they were just like show what we're talking about when we said Jimmy was filling time and he thought it was just, oh, the cell phone thing. Uh-huh. Um, The way Jimmy paints the windows, you know, you never know who's listening or whatever. Is yeah. the man watching you? He's appealing to shady characters. Right. He's appealing to guys that buy burners. Mm-hmm. which are his future lawyer clients oh nice nice so he, nice. you know if you keep track of who keeps buying a burner every month or every week you know that guy's going to need your legal services eventually
1: right i wonder if they're going to go the whole route that suddenly his store blows up and this is his first like gray area business yeah <laughs> you it's, know what yeah. i mean like this is his first gray area business and then his boss will be conflicted of because on one hand sales are great on the other hand why <laughs> why is this, like right, like why yeah. is the slowest store all of a sudden super busy?
0: Well, when you get someone managing it that knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. also you could bring back Saul Goodman with the TV commercials and bring back the sound guy and the video guy again. Yeah, look at you know, there. It could it could, it could go that could go that route. That'd be nice, but yeah, we haven't seen them yet this season.
1: But I guess it's only four episodes in. But then again, that's yeah. just oh, that's literally almost halfway.
0: But to wrap my thought up, it's it's just. He's always appealing to the shady characters. Every business he does, he's always appealing to the shady characters.
1: Yeah, and I guess I have to retract what I said at the beginning a little bit where I was like, you know, like it seems like now they're just trying to give an explanation to every little hallmark of Saul Goodman. But I guess, you know, after talking that out with you, I I guess they're really just kind of foundation building why he was so successful at doing what he did. So, Uh
0: yeah, okay location be damned because it's always mm-hmm. in some shitty mini mall location too <laughs> yeah <laughs> can we go to the last scene now can we take him to the bridge
1: exactly uh mike meets gus totally mm-hmm. unimpressed gus kind of tries to intimidate mike over nacho
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then mike is pretty much just cut the shit give me the job
0: I, I love i had to note the expression of when he looked at victor and tyrus and he's like Ugh.
1: <laughs> so unimpressed yeah. yeah
0: not really these guys right. <laughs> he, he's the old sage man yeah and he's That's, just like make a move because you yeah. won't
1: exactly once again once again he's a terminator yeah right no fear no nope. Just walks into the situation like when uh you know the the dude with the pussy wagon right when he was his bodyguard like had no fear he just walks in <laughs> not even a gun a fucking pimento loaf sandwich no fucking right. fear at all. Somehow beats up a man half his age, who's also mm-hmm. bigger than he is. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Casually, it's a it's a Terminator. There's which is awesome that we finally got our Batman and Terminator crossover between Mike the Murder Twins and uh, and Nacho. <laughs> so it's good. All my comic book <laughs> fantasies are coming true. <laughs> and just for the record, before anybody gets on my ass, I'm not saying that disparagingly. I'm I'm just saying. Like as I watch the show, these these are things I notice, and uh, while I get it, Mike's a badass. Sometimes it goes a little overboard with making Mike the badass in my eyes.
0: Which, well, he is a ex marine sniper, so
1: right, which is also a reason why I think makes it super awesome. Like, so for me, going to the extreme isn't always a negative thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of why I love it because. Uh, Once again, if everything was super realistic, I would probably hate the show's guts.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's like, I love the fact that a lot of it
1: is so over the top, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I, I know, but sometimes people like hit us up and it'll be like, well, if you don't like the show, why, why are you doing this podcast? I'm like, who said any of that? Like some of the stuff I kind of make fun of It's like some of the stuff that makes me love the show. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's just like my friends. I I would say our group of friends are pretty ruthless to each other, but the fact mm-hmm. that we're absolute dickheads to each other half the time is exactly why I love my group of friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that whole, that whole mm-hmm. thing. Right. That makes sense. Right.
0: Yeah. I still catch shit for, uh, my friend, Brian that you hate, <laughs> <laughs> <Hell> yeah, <laughs> Hate we, that guy when we started becoming really good friends i actually had like told him i was like i'm gonna be really mean to you because we're <laughs> friends
1: <laughs> my wife my my wife has always made us we had plans with a buddy who was in from out of town mm-hmm. and my wife was like man i i really honestly don't feel good i don't think we can go out with him." Um, But I feel bad. I can't just tell him that I can't go out with him because I feel because I'm almost throwing up because then I'll be an asshole because I'm breaking off plans. So we got to, like, let's just say that the kids are sick and we can't go out because then that looks like less of an asshole maneuver than me saying I'm selfishly sick and I'm not going out, right? Mm-hmm. So I called my buddy and I was just like, hey man, how's it going? Not coming out tonight. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> no. And my wife was like, why did you say that to him like that? I'm like, we're guys. Yeah. <laughs> so he came back to my, he came over to our house the next day, and uh, Kristen was like, Yeah. So I'm sorry we couldn't make it out last night. He's like, No, it's cool. Brian said you weren't coming. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and I like look at my wife. I'm like, Once again, we are guys. Like we don't work like yeah. that. Like you could just be an asshole and just be like, Dude, uh, fuck yourself. I just don't want to hang out with you, and it's cool. You know, like for
0: the, for the most part. Some of, our, some of our friends are kind of pussies, but... Well, you can, be, you can be an asshole, but you
1: can't be a dick. Remember? There's two, yeah. remember? Like, don't That's be right. a dick. And people will say, like, you know, but you're an asshole sometimes. That's true. Yes. But I'm not, not a dick. dick. Yeah. I'm an asshole, but I'm not a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So overall thoughts on the episode. A um, lot slower. I, th- I think it's a lot less layered than previous episodes, but I guess if you have three heavily stacked episodes... Right, I feel like this happens every year, right? Like you get a handful mm-hmm. of really heavily stacked it, it, episodes, and then you get the slow. and flows. Yeah, exactly.
0: Which which is obviously intentional. Um, yeah, and five is usually pretty kick ass. Mm-hmm. Five usually gets some pretty intense shit going on, but I mean, it was like this was like a, a fast sandwich because mm-hmm. it was slow, and then the shootout, and then it was slow again. You know? Yeah, because there was I, a point where like it went through about twenty minutes that I thought I like blinked and I missed it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, I was kind of like, eh, "Slowing down a little bit." Yeah.
1: I could have used less exposition on the grief counseling and more of the interaction between Manuel and Nacho. Mm-hmm. I also think the explanation of the the zinger with the explanation of uh, <laughs> of the verdict was mm. kind of a little little silly. Yeah. I think I,
0: I I get it. I think I, it's more important than we realize, and we're probably missing something
1: or there'll be some sort of weird callback to it like later on yeah. and it'll make more sense. Um, we, unless it was
0: uh, unless it was all about the fact that he told her to go home and then she sat right back down in her seat and just gave him that stare.
1: Yeah. Like which um, I actually kind of found really funny, right? Because it was yeah. like, God damn it, <laughs> yeah. like you know, like it's like the cat came back, right? It's mm-hmm. just like, fuck, like go, because <laughs> <laughs>
0: like,
1: there was there was a couple, like again, actually, I kind of found some really funny parts in this episode. One, I openly laughed at that that she was there, and then, like I said earlier, I openly laughed when um there was a shootout because the absurdity of two guys taking out a, an entire abandoned hotel full of crackheads is is kind of funny enough. Especially since it was kind of like Leroy Jenkins. Right. But but then as it was panning across from Nacho's point of view and there was an explosion, and I was like, Who brings a bomb? Like, <laughs> like, like who has a bomb in a gun, well, fight, they, right?
0: They're probably cooking meth in there or something.
1: Right. Yeah, that's true. That's it's, it's, it could totally be something like and then what I love about it too, it wasn't like it sound it didn't sound like handguns going off. It sounded like a full-fledged like war battle, and then out of nowhere, one of the murder twins has an Uzi or whatever the mm-hmm. hell that was. I, I think it was an AK. Yeah, it was like, "Why? Oh, whoa, shit!" He brought a whole bag. I didn't catch the bag at first until he pulled handguns out of it. You
0: know? Oh yeah, the bag. I remember him picking up the bag.
1: I just didn't pick up on that at first. So to me, that was that whole scene was kind of humorous too, because again, it was so over the top because it was these two murder twin terminators just wreaking havoc, and then it Tank, shows a, it's like Tango and Cash. Yeah, exactly. It shows just a ton of dead bodies everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. They were literally they a two-man do. army. That's what they do, man.
1: Yeah, better strategy, I guess.
0: When you know that you're going to make it to the next show, you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Like you, oh, you're
0: shooting at me? Dude, I'm in Breaking Bad. Are you in Breaking Bad? No, you're probably going to get the... <laughs> right. Exactly. Good point.
1: Awesome. So overall, I, I enjoyed it. Um, slower episode. Uh, not as nuanced as previous episodes, unless we're just not noticing a lot of things and glossing over stuff
0: because of, uh, there's the probably that the tech- like this, this, like the cell phone thing is probably more important than we think. And yeah, but you know what, um, That'll- but the whole thing with like Mike and getting the job, I understand you want to prove how badass Mike is, but you could have had that five second scene, you know, in the next episode. Yeah. That's just a cliffhanger to get us to watch next week. And it's working. Mm-hmm. I don't really right. want to know what the job is.
1: Or like or like the whole, like, they wasted several minutes on uh, Mike examining a truck, right? And I was just in there waiting for some sort of mm-hmm. funny payoff, and the payoff was that he got a call from one of Gus's intermediaries. Yep. And, like, okay, and he
0: ignored a call from Stacy.
1: Yeah, but I feel like that scene could have been cut at least in half, and everybody would have got the gist of it.
0: Yeah. But Unless there again, was, I was waiting for it to be like, when he said the thermometer was off or something, I was waiting for him to discover that this truck was used to run drugs. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for that, too. And So and maybe that was what they planned was just to make you think that and kind of string it along a little bit.
1: I mean, maybe he did, and it'll be one of those weird things where, like, uh, there was a nuanced look that'll be revealed in upcoming episodes yeah. that we didn't catch. Because it was a pretty meaty scene for, once again, not a lot of payoff. He snuffed the call. And he got a call, like, mm-hmm. like us. Oh, and he's a dick. Like, okay, we get it. Like, mm-hmm. the, the motherfucker knows his uh, ratchet
0: straps. Like, we get it. Cool. So, and if uh, it says double stack, don't fucking double stack.
1: Yeah, man. God, get, fucking pay, listen to the rules.
0: So, <laughs> so, that's that's how shit gets broke. Exactly. So bad. Over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I get it freaking bad. Very nice. Okay. So overall, not a bad episode. I, I did enjoy it, just not as much as the first three, but that's Better okay. Better than this because, podcast
0: episode. Yeah, absolutely. This is a terrible podcast episode. I've feel resorted free. to heckling you this episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, feel free to tell us what you think. Tell us what we miss. Make sure to check us out on TV Time. It's an app you can download and discuss all your favorite TV shows with people from all around the world. We get a lot of cool comments and uh, thumbs up off of that. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter. You can email us. I'm not even going to go over all this stuff again because you know how to do it. Everybody knows where we're at. Uh, You can definitely hit us up on nothingimportantpodcast.com. Check out some of our interviews with older celebrities. And you can check out some of our thoughts on uh, Rick and Morty, on the Rickest Rick and Morty podcast, A pumice Among Us. Uh, We appreciate you listening. We'll see you this week for Preview with a Prior. I already have some really great. Uh, comments from you folks out there. And I haven't checked if we got any positive reviews, but remember, I think it's if we get 10 (laughs) positive reviews, I'll release one of our band songs that we've never released before. Real quick. So one of our, one of our uh, listeners, um, one of our listeners actually purchased the Bavarian boy humble figurine off of eBay that we talked about on preview with a prior. I am in the process of setting up a phone interview with nice. the person who sold that to him, because I think that would be a nice way to complete that story. So hopefully by preview with a prior later this week, we'll uh, Dave and I'll have some sort of phone conversation with the owner of the Bavarian boy. Uh, Cause it, it seems like a nice person. I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but they from our back and forth seems like a very nice person. I think that would just be a fun way to make our, our Bavarian boy story come Full circle. I think that'd be I think that'd be really cool, right? Yeah, just kind of a fun thing to do. We don't always have to talk to famous people. We could talk to you know just cool people
0: in general. Like I watch it be a famous person, like Tom Cruise or something.
1: (laughs) This is Tom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Cool.
1: Well. Hope your week is awesome, everybody. I hope we don't get this out too late tonight. Uh, We had like an epic, literally six and a half hour band practice Saturday, and we're all reeling to catch up since then. So, uh, hope this finds you well. And, Dave? Call us idiots, call us
0: geniuses, whatever, just call us.